You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. This may come as a surprise to a lot of people, but all black children are not going to be interested in sports and entertainment. <laughs> is that a fact? That is a fact. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I feel that my children need to be exposed to professionals, successful professionals in every different realm. Because they need to know that there's a possibility that they can be one too. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. Give us a good story. Make it good. Make I got it a, good. I got a good, I got a great, great story. All right. All right? It's a story of accountability. Mm. When a young black father from Brooklyn had to realize that all of his sons are not going to be athletes. Ooh. Talking about myself, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, you are said father. I'm said father. Okay. So as you guys know, I have four whole boys. Jackson, Cairo, Kaz, Dakota. Mm-hmm. Jackson came out. Swag Savage. How much more, more can I say? <laughs> Dude played football, was a starting quarterback, led That's his team his in nickname, touchdowns. Now plays basketball. He's a little bit of a beast. Yeah. Um, loves rap music. A whole athlete. You know, he's just, he's just, he's that kid, you know? Perhaps because he was born in Brooklyn. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. Then Cairo mm -hmm. followed up. Mm-hmm. Adores Jackson. Yeah. So everything Jackson does, Cairo's purpose in life is to do it better. <laughs> Jackson's into sports, so Cairo's into sports. Cairo it's can't like wait to grow. Yeah, it's not oh, even all he baby. keeps talking about is a like, daddy. See, I got taller than yesterday. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, bro, yeah, you definitely got taller than yesterday. <laughs> then along came Kaz. Kaz literally said, "You little stupid ass bitch." I ain't no. <laughs> Kaz literally <laughs> is just like. I don't want to do anything my brothers want to do, right? And the Sagittarius he is. They'll run outside. They'll get their basketballs. They'll do all this other stuff. And I always have this thing where I say, you know, where's your brothers? And they're like, they're outside. Then he'll go run outside, play with them for 30 minutes and come inside. But Kaz loves to paint. Mm -hmm. He's an artist. Mm -hmm. He loves to do stuff with his hands. And 
Kadeen and I just recently went to an industry friend of ours house and they have a huge house, 25,000 square feet. I would say about 7,000 of square footage of the house is dedicated to art yes. and black artists. Beautiful and amazing pieces. It was like a light bulb in my head. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. I was missing time with Cash, trying to force him to be with his brothers, doing his things that his brothers wanted to do and not paying attention to what may truly be his passion. Mm. And that's art. Mm. Let me see if you know this. I know I can be what I want to be. If I work hard at it, I'll be where I want to be. I know I can. I know I can be what I want to be. Be what I want to be. If I work hard at it, if I work hard at it, I'll be where I want to be. Na 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 all right, guys, we'll be back in a little bit after a short break. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up 
day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. I am an artist at heart. I can sketch. Yes. I can paint. I can draw. I was pleasantly surprised when you showed me in your basement when we first mm-hmm. started dating. There was a painting of like a leopard or a something leopard, yeah. on the, the wall. And you were like, yeah, I, I painted that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's pretty impressive. I said, me over here, yeah. my stick figure game is <laughs> popping. <laughs> Other than that, don't ask me to draw nothing, you know. Um, but it's funny because I was a makeup artist for years. So mm-hmm. I guess there is some sort of creative artistry that goes along Absolutely. with that um, you remember the, of my life. the sketch I, I sketched of you in college? Yes, I remember. I was I addicted remember. to her in college, as you can tell. I, I mean, sketched the portrait is, of her. I am addicted. Well, you, you need to do a, I am a updated to version her. of that. You know, this mom of four boys. I'll sketch you. I'll sketch you. Yeah, that would be cute. That would be a cute little like date night situation. I'm not that actually would be cute. Yeah. So you could just be like a nude uh, model and I can sketch you. Oh, that would be fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about foreplay too. That's Ew. what you call addiction. Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, back to story time. Back to story time. So I was, you know, I've always been into art and stuff like that. And I remember my parents, um, when I, in, in, Summertime, when I used to go to my grandparents' house, mm-hmm. they used to take us to the Boys and Girls Club, but then they also used to take me to the Rose Center. Mm-hmm. And the Rose Center was a place where I could explore my artistic side. Mm-hmm. But I also remember being made fun of ah. when I was a young kid because you know how it is if you grow up in a black community, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't play sports or if you don't rap, if you do anything outside of that, they call you soft, right? And I was called all sorts of names and stuff like that because um, I was always into the drama club. Um, I used to dance and I used to do art. So, but I was the type of kid that would bust your ass in basketball and football and then go to if need be. the yeah. drama club. You know <laughs> right, what I'm saying? Right. But I also remember feeling as if I wanted my boys to have that masculine side of them and always be able to do sports so that they could prove to people that they're not soft. And with our boys, I noticed that I was not putting as much energy into Kaz's artistic side Mm -hmm. as I was the other two's athletic side. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, you know, I always make Kaz find his brothers. Mm -hmm. Go find your brothers, go do that. But I never make them find him and say, yo, your brother's going to paint. Ah. Why don't you go paint with your brother? You know what I'm saying? He's playing with the Play-Doh. Why don't y'all go do that? And I I said, you know what, Devon, that's messed up. You know, that really is messed up. It's funny you mentioned that because at first I was just like, oh, 
Kaz is a Sagittarius like me. Like we just like to be alone sometimes. Like we mm-hmm. just like our independent time. And but even when we were talking to um Kaz's teacher in mm-hmm. school, she would say, you know, I'm wanting Kaz to be a little bit more social. He kind of does things off to the mm-hmm. side by himself. And I was like, sis, that's just how we are. Like we don't always want to be messing right. with y'all, you know. Um, but it's interesting that you said that bringing the boys in to meet Kaz where he is. Yes, is a pretty. Uh, I never thought of it that way. You know, I never thought of it that way. So that's interesting. So we need to implement that more. I think it's also it's a it's a reinforcing a stereotype mm-hmm. and bringing in a generational trauma that he can only exist in a space of excellence if he's involved in certain things like sports. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Because sports, every black child is not going to get into sports or performance. Right. Like every black child don't tell jokes. That's every black child ain't funny. Every black child don't dance. Every black child don't rap or sing. Or yeah. sing. You know, so. Right. Um, and what like, percentage is it, is it uh, for uh, the NFL? Like that, it's less than one percent. Less than one percent. Less than one percent. Make it to the NFL. Right, and and it's important that, and it's it's even uh, smaller for the NBA, just numbers wise, because more people play basketball and less people mm. will make it on NBA teams. Yeah. So whereas an NFL team has fifty three people plus eight men on a roster, an NBA team has fifteen people on a roster. Mm-hmm. So and and more people are playing basketball and lesser playing football because football is a violent sport. To double down on your story time, this is another small story time or moment that we mm-hmm. had where you in turn caught a little bit of a fault in, in the way you dealt with the situation. Um, it was Kaz's birthday party, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we want to do something small and intimate. It's still COVID outside. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, what can we do for Kaz's party? And I'm just like, Kaz, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, he's into painting and art and whatnot. So I find a local art studio and it's mm-hmm. a private space where you can have a birthday party. So we literally got like our closest two friends mm-hmm. that happen to have kids. We got mad kids. So it's a birthday party, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the birthday party, the kids are sitting down and they're painting Christmas trees or something because Kaz's birthday is close to Christmas. It's the mm-hmm. holiday season. And um, you got up and left yeah. for the entire party and yeah. went with the dads and went to get some wings and had a drink and mm-hmm. uh, you were gone. And I was mm-hmm. there with the moms and we were overseeing the activity and you came back at the end of the party in time to sing happy birthday. And then mm-hmm. you said to me, damn Kay, I dropped the ball on that situation yeah. because had it been a sport birthday party or a basketball birthday party or something at sky zone or something, I probably would have been there playing basketball with them or like making yeah. a game out of it. And because it was something that I wasn't particularly interested in that moment, I just left yeah. for the two hours. And that was like a really teachable moment i think for us as parents and for you as a dad and for you to admit yeah. that man like i was really wrong in that circumstance yeah i mean i ain't i'm not gonna lie bro like the minute you have a son you know you you know like, oh you're gonna play sports the same way if you have a daughter it's just like oh she's gonna do dance mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. or she's gonna do pageants like mm-hmm. we as parents have these ideas of what our children are going to be mm-hmm. right and for me this being my third son it's like I was used to the routine. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I was so just like used to what it was right. going to be. But Kaz wanted to have a paint party. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? At a, I'm not painting no Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then I had to realize to myself, like, dang, if they were at Hoopland, I would have been there. Mm-hmm. If they went to a trampoline park, I would have been there. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize, you know, like, Black excellence doesn't look like one thing. Mm-hmm. What if my son grows up to be bigger than Basquiat? And his first memory is that my father wasn't at my fourth birthday party mm-hmm. when I was painting trees. Mm-hmm. 
I would be heartbroken. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I would I would be heartbroken, but also realizing that if you don't put your kids in situations to be successful and learn how to nurture their passions, how could they turn their passions into their paycheck? Mm. You know what I'm saying? If I just dismiss it as a hobby, yeah. That's not fair to him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm I'm teaching all of my boys how to turn the things that they love and monetize it into their truth. For so sure. they can make money doing stuff they love. Absolutely. And even Jackson with coding. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We took him to, we take him to coding class so he can learn how to monetize that. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, dang, Deval. Yeah. You really dropped the ball on that. You need to really focus on, on making sure that Kaz knows right. that, you know, there are ways that you can paint and be um, exemplary at it. For example, one of my cousins is a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He went to, he and went a to, phenomenal artist. Right. He went to La, uh, LaGuardia mm-hmm. in Brooklyn School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. And I went to college right. for graphic design. And now he does graphic design and he can sketch and everything. And I'm like, wow, you know, like, yeah. I, mean, I, this, I really missed, the, missed that opportunity. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there'd be a ton more <clears throat> to, um, to, to catch up on. But it's just funny how that happened. And then we were exposed to all of the art yeah. in this, this person's home. And we were just so floored by how beautiful these pieces were. Yeah. They were conversation pieces. I mean, we were just going to look at the house, but we yeah. ended up spending more time talking about and having discussions about art pieces. And that's something that I... As a mom now looking to take the children out to do different activities, that's something that I always used to do with Jackson and stuff. Yeah. Pre-COVID was take him to a show or take him out to a museum or something. Um, I do want for our boys to be well-rounded in that they're exposed yeah. to so many different things. That's one thing I admire about an aunt and uncle that I have down here in Georgia. They have three boys also. Mm. Um, and she warned me. She's like, if you have one more, it's going to be a boy. I'm telling you, she's a pediatrician. <laughs> and uh, But but the, her boys or their boys are just so like well-rounded. Like they, mm. they go to museums now as adults. Like that's mm-hmm. cute little date nights for them with their girlfriends. Right. Um, but they can still go to a Hawks game or something and right. still play basketball with us in the backyard when they come by to visit. Yeah. So um the well-roundedness that i is the approach that i think that we're taking as parents to make sure that our children are exposed to so many different things so that when we see they're honing in on something in particular then we can say all right this seems to be an interest let's pour into that so that way they can be the best at whatever that task is i also had to learn about that being a teachable moment for me too on the reverse side of things whereas basketball wasn't necessarily my thing before mm-hmm. so instead of me i had to miss a couple basketballs with jackson basketball games with jackson or practices because i was pregnant but now i make it a purpose to make sure if i'm available someone can mm-hmm. watch the baby i'm going to those basketball games and i'm sitting next to you asking like so what's this play mm-hmm. what exactly does traveling mm-hmm. look like you know so in the event that you're not at a game i can you know. be there to help to scream and, and, and coach him in, in a sense from the sidelines and be involved and have those conversations with Jackson about what he's interested in. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what the sport is or regardless if it's art or whatever, I want to be able to be somewhat knowledgeable enough to have, you know, thoughtful conversations with them when they do come to me excited about whatever their activity is. I just, I feel like for us as parents, we have to create a space where our boys don't feel like they're going to lose their blackness for not engaging in activities that, traditionally black people often engage in mm-hmm. you know because we heard mm-hmm. that growing up you know what i'm saying you don't play basketball it's like you don't play basketball you're black you know what i'm saying like <laughs> right you, know, you don't listen to biggie and tupac like you you're black like you, right. you listen to opera you play the piano <laughs> uh-huh. you play the guitar like uh-huh. why would you do that you black i feel like we as a people tend to miss out on other opportunities because we only stay in the lane that we've had quote unquote success in in that lane yes you know you you take a black kid to play tennis or you take a black kid to play golf and then all of a sudden they lose part of their blackness oh for sure you know what i'm saying i think of going to this wedding that i went to once and the first thing that i was hit with at the door was this black young man 
playing a violin. Mm. He was playing an electric violin. He was playing all the latest songs. He mm-hmm. was playing hip hop. He was playing some rap, some reggae. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that was my first time seeing a black man playing mm-hmm. a violin, a young man too. He was maybe in his 20s, but just had yeah. a certain style about him and a certain flair. And when I found out after the fact how much he charged per event, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. getting a coin. This is a bag for you yeah. because you're yeah. using that talent. And I'm thinking about how many black boys may have been made fun of. Made fun of, absolutely. Violin, absolutely. You know? So I'm a stock. I got four boys. I'm like, when y'all, when y'all play the violin? Because it was super <laughs> cute. We had a whole little situation going on, and it was really, really dope to see. So, and also I'm thinking about the fact that we are very purposeful with exposing our children. Like I said in my soundbite, to different professionals that we know mm. who happen to be close friends or family who are in different fields. Yeah. So we have, for example, my brother's best friend Sanjay, brain surgeon, brain, literal brain like an surgeon. actual literal brain yeah. surgeon who is like one of the top brain surgeons yeah. in pennsylvania right now that's something that you could do yeah then we have dakota's godfather sean freeman who's going to be on a future episode with yeah. talking about finances yeah. who's doing very well within his field um Bilal is in have? financial sales yep Bilal, yep um his the uh cairo's godfather steven who played 10 years in the nfl mm-hmm. now works as an executive at the nfl office Kaz's godfather marcel mm-hmm. who's he, also, works, he was a cfo he was the cfo of the city of boston mm-hmm. yes the mm-hmm. city of boston he was the cfo of the entire city he worked directly under the governor for four years yeah yeah but also just, played basketball was a division one basketball player at colgate but basketball was never basketball to him was a means to an end mm-hmm. you know he mm-hmm. was always really good both of his children are ac- academically advanced um his daughter goes to lehigh his young his son uh Ducey, i think just got a scholarship to lehigh as well but also was getting offers from Duke and other uh, other schools to play lacrosse, mm-hmm. which is another mm-hmm. interesting aspect that so many black athletes only head towards football or basketball. Or basketball yeah. Not realizing that the barrier of entry to gain an athletic scholarship is easier in sports like golf, lacrosse, and tennis. Right. You know, so having all of these boys and, and seeing them excel at different aspects of things in their life early made me realize like i have to open my mind up to what black excellence is going to look like for them because it's not going to look like what we expect i remember i remember being nine years old we were coming down rockaway parkway headed to the pizza hut across from brookline projects i remember i remember this vividly Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking to myself i want to be rich do i want to sing and dance like michael jackson or do I want to catch passes like Jerry Rice? And I remember thinking in my mind mm. that those were my only two ways to get rich. Mm. I remember sitting out the, I was in, it's vivid in my mind. I was looking out the back of my dad's cutlass. My brother was next to me. And my father was taking us to, uh, to the, the pizza hut because my mom had just had my sister. We just moved to Canarsie. And I remember thinking like, damn, if I'm going to be rich, I'm going to have to do one of those two things. Mm. At nine, that's because because that's all I saw. At right. nine, was the rich people were in entertainment or athletics, mm-hmm. and now at thirty-seven, I'm like, I want my sons to have a greater appreciation for life, but also a, a broader spectrum of what wealth looks like to them mm-hmm. and how they can attain it mm-hmm. outside of these two options. Those two options, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. And I think it's great in that we are building a network of people around us where 
they literally be exposed to so many different things where if we ever had to call on a resource for mm-hmm. whatever reason that we'd be able to do that and do that confidently knowing that that person will be able to point them in the right direction right. be a resource to them but also to letting them find their own way yeah um so i'm wondering where we're thinking uh the pressure of perfectionism where that falls into this entire realm because i think at some points it can do more harm than good especially for black people with a host of generational burdens and in in you know things that we're carrying the idea Man. of black excellence can be a trigger for the collective fear of failure um but as parents i think that we have to work hard to create an environment that allows us to you know position our children to excel um in whatever way they can and how do we pressure them or how do we encourage them to be excellent without the pressure of well, perfection? Well, this is the thing, right? Especially for young black kids. It's not just about being perfect at what you do. It's also being perfectly black mm. at what you do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I can't only excel, but I have to excel while excelling through my blackness. Mm. You know what I'm That's saying? Thing. Which is a thing. Even Jackson, he said it to me, something to me the other day. We were going to play basketball, and I was like, yo, you got to be tough. You know, you can't. And when I was speaking about toughness, I was speaking about mental toughness, mental mm-hmm. fortitude, mm-hmm. physically tough. Don't let people push you around. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, no, I'm tough, right, Dad? Because I'm, I'm from the hood, right? And I was just like, <laughs> oh, but even in his mind, right, yeah. his blackness yeah. is is partnered with the fact that he's from Brooklyn mm-hmm. and that he's originally from the hood. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what he has to remind himself. I'm, I get to be black mm-hmm. because I have to say I'm from the hood. His brothers never grew up living in Crown Heights mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. His brothers grew up living where we live now mm-hmm. in a 12,000 square foot home. They're never going to be able to say that they came from the hood. Right. So does that mean that they don't exist excellently in their blackness? Right. Because they don't have the same struggle mm-hmm. as other black people. You know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. where I think the perfectionism comes from because it's like I have to be perfect in my craft, but then I have to be perfect for black people all the time because if I'm not perfect in my blackness, Black people like to call other black people out for not exuding blackness enough. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, what does blackness look like to you? Right, exactly. And does what it have level, to be struggle? What's the barometer that we're using to measure right. this <laughs> level of blackness that each person has? I see it with, um, I don't want to give, I don't want to give anybody's, I don't want to say a name. But there's a, a celebrity couple that we grew up, a lot of people grew up idolizing. And they have a, a, adult kids now. Mm-hmm. And people always make fun about their kids or say something about the kids. Their, their kids are weird. Mm-hmm. You know, their kids are weird. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens when you don't raise your kids like they're black kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to myself, we call their kids weird because they think freely mm-hmm. and do what they want. Mm-hmm. With their parents' like, support. Right, with their parents' support. But think about how, like, sick that is. Mm-hmm. That we as a community so will label another family. And I'm talking about a family of kids who are very productive members of society, who are helping mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. And what they, what we hear is they're weird mm-hmm. because they don't exist in the blackness that we want them to exist in. Mm-hmm. And and think about the pressure it takes for a kid nowadays to exist in that that excellence of blackness, right. especially with social media. Right. Oh, my God. That you know? just adds a whole other layer to things that complicates it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to deal with not only children who are just mean, but you have adults. Yeah. <laughs> who are mean yes. too and adults who are, are doubling down on children mm-hmm. you know to say criticize them or to judge um so yeah that's interesting that you brought them up because it's like what exactly is that measure of the blackness that we're looking for that will equate to enough and, and when that's do- just the constant pressure for black children black 
adults in, to, in general to always have to prove the level of um, blackness, not just to themselves, but to their peers. Well, like you said, a lot of that pressure oftentimes comes from parents, mm-hmm. right? Because I know, for example, I've put pressures on Jackson to be a certain way, not realizing that my ideas were very closed minded, mm-hmm. you know, early on in my in parenting. parenting process. Yeah. And as I got older now, yeah. you know, I, I've realized that I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm allowed to be a little bit more free mm-hmm. with my ideas of what I want from my children. Mm-hmm. But I think it starts with the parents, mm-hmm. right? If you put all these pressures on your sons or your daughters to be a certain way, right? They then carry those out into the world and they look for validation from their peers and mm-hmm. from other people mm-hmm. to to feel as if they're making their parents proud mm-hmm. because of all the things that their parents have instilled in them. Right. And that's difficult for anyone who is trying to exist in their own passion. Because oh, what, if you're, what if your passion doesn't exist in the realm of the traditional blacktivity you know what i'm saying like you said what if you love to play the violin and listen to opera right but now you know i can't exist in this place because that place doesn't exist in traditional blacktivity so it's like well let me find something else and do this on the side well now you find something else to do but you don't love it Mm -hmm. you don't have a passion for it Mm -hmm. because you know you're not going to get the support from your community or maybe even your parents well yeah and you'd be miserable doing something you don't want to do prime example of with my my side of the family i mean it's traditional i don't know if it's west indianness (laughs) but it's like you know you got to be a doctor you got to be a lawyer you got to be an engineer and if you ain't Mm -hmm. one of them three things or a nurse four and if you're not one of those three or four things then your level of success (laughs) is gone to shit because it's like how dare you want to exist in a space where you're going to be potentially an artist Mm -hmm. or you're going to be a singer like even that's when singing is not even good enough in some some households you know what i mean being an entertainer is not you know looking at what we do it's funny because i um was browsing on you know instagram the other day and i sometimes see comments i sometimes don't but i happened to catch one where someone said um i think it was a picture with my dad or my dad Mm -hmm. was in a video with us and he was like the person said oh does your dad now understand what you do is he like happy for you and does he understand what you do now because for a long time it was just like this apprehension which i know it was coming from a place of love because he wanted me to be excellent in whatever i did but he just wasn't sure about my path so what he can only encourage me to do is what he knew but now when i've made my Mm -hmm. own way and i'm successful at that he's kind of like oh now i get it you know and sometimes it just takes kind of breaking away from that and proving um to your parents or to your family that this is my passion this is what i want to do well i'm glad that you brought that up because i actually have a a new parenting tip that i've been implementing with the boys Mm -hmm. that i want to make public Mm -hmm. because um it was a way for us to discuss finances but also encourage them in ways to teach them to turn their passion into their paycheck right Mm -hmm. um when it came time to talk about finances with jackson our oldest who's 10 Mm -hmm. turning 11 I decided I was going to give him a bank account so he mm-hmm. could stop asking me for money. Mm-hmm. And I was going to not give him allowance right. because I don't believe that you should get allowance for doing things that you should naturally do as an adult. You wake up, you clean up after yourself, you make up your bed, you, you clean your bathroom. That's stuff you have to do to survive as an adult. I'm not paying, paying you, you for that. Exactly. to do that. But what I will do is pay you to do things that can become ultimately your paycheck. So, for example, you want to go to coding class. You go to coding class consistently and do well in coding class, I'll pay you for that. Mm. You want to play basketball, you practice consistently and you excel at basketball, I'll pay you for that. You want to know why? 
you'll get paid to be a coder, you'll get paid to be a basketball player, and you'll get paid to practice at those things, mm-hmm. but you will never get paid to make up your bed. <laughs> so for me, I've decided to turn uh, the children's activities mm-hmm. into their allowance. Mm. So what happens is, is they'll learn how to enjoy the process of being great at something mm-hmm. by getting paid for co- being consistent. So it's incentivized in a sense. It's incentivized because yeah. you, the only way you can get paid in life is you excel and create a service mm-hmm. for whatever the, the passion is that you create, mm-hmm. right? So you have to create a need for your paintings if you're a painter, mm-hmm. right? You have to create a need for your service as a basketball player yeah, to get paid as a painter. It's all about the demand. So the only way you can create a need for something is to be so good at it that people want it. Mm-hmm. The only way you can become so good at something is by practicing the skill over and over and over again until you become a master. Mm-hmm. Most of the time for children, it's difficult for them to enjoy the process of being a master at something because they're never incentivized to practice. Mm. They either want to play at the games or they want to do recitals. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's never a thing where I enjoy practice. So what I'm trying to teach my boys is enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. Because what I've learned about uh, TV, what I've learned about film where i've learned about basketball is that people don't pay you to perform people pay you to practice so that when you do perform you can be great at it mm. because practice is the hard part the hard part yep That's and i was like wow if you think about it that way and you apply that to your children you can create excellence mm. in your children i didn't think of that See? because one of the questions we had here was like how do we take their biggest interests that may be rooted in play and how do you use that play activity to teach them about effort and excellence? Which brings me to thinking about the times that you've spoken to Jackson about um, just even playing with his friend. So, for example, a friend comes by and they're in the backyard and they're playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And they're playing and Jackson loses. And you come back and you're like, yo, Jackson, why'd you lose? And you, mm-hmm. he's like, I wasn't even really playing like yep. that. I was just. I was just shooting around. I wasn't really playing like that. And you were like, but you lost though. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like nobody in this house likes to lose at anything. At we're probably one of the most I, competitive households absolutely. ever in life. So it doesn't matter if your friend comes by and y'all just shooting around. Even if mm-hmm. you are just shooting around, you're going to win on that shoot around. So in that <laughs> turn, it's us taking something that should be fun and then making sure that they're just excellent at whatever it is absolutely. that they do and putting effort into it regardless of the situation. Absolutely. It's it's creating a competitive mindset cuz the only way you can exist in this in this life. Mm-hmm. We live in a capitalist country, mm-hmm. right? Where you have to uh pretty much o- earn resources to survive. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea of this utopia, you know, we play games just for fun or we do things just for fun. No, that's not the way the world works. Right. So if you begin to incentivize your your kids from early to to make excellence the standard, mm-hmm. right? Once excellence becomes the standard for a child, excellence becomes the standard for them as an adult. Mm-hmm. And then once you do anything excellently, is that a word excellently? Yes. Uh, make it one. Excellently. Make it one if it's not this, this one. This is what we do on Deadass podcast. <laughs> we we wake up words. words. Once you become excellent at doing anything, mm-hmm. You can get paid for it, mm-hmm. right? The only reason why the young man at the the wedding was getting paid to play the violin is because he was the dopest at playing the violin. Absolutely, that's like because you know? he practiced over and over and over again playing the violin. Then I'm sure finding a way to make mm-hmm. these songs that are common top mm-hmm. forty, you know, popular songs mm-hmm. that people enjoy. Then hearing it in that fashion, which is completely Absolutely. different. I can't tell you how many people were asking him for business cards and his uh, social handles so that way they could find him after. Listen, I've learned being a parent for the past 10 years 
if you can incentivize your kids and their passions, mm -hmm. they will learn to turn their passions into their paycheck. And then when they turn 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, mm -hmm. they'll move out mm -hmm. and you'll get your wife back. <laughs> That's the aim. And then you'll be empty nesters. That is the aim. You see what I'm that saying? That is the aim. So it's like you're teaching them how to be great at what they do so they can exist in excellence regardless of whether that excellence is a common blacktivity. Well, what about you as an adult? How are you inspired to be excellent at the things you do? You know, there's, there's, there's one thing about myself. Right, that I don't think anyone knows, mm -hmm. that I'm extremely self-motivated mm -hmm. to change the world. Mm. Right? And I, I just know that you can only change the world through resources, through capital, mm -hmm. and through influence. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can gain resources, capital, mm -hmm. and influence is to work hard mm -hmm. and be great at something. Right? Mm -hmm. You want to inspire people. You have to be great at something so that you can, like the, the greatest compliment you can be told is that you inspired me to do something. Mm -hmm. Ever since I was young, I always knew that I existed in a place that was not going to be my existence for the rest of my life, which was Brooklyn, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something bigger. I wanted to do something greater. And I wanted to help people, mm -hmm. right? I, I personally want to be so rich and famous that if there's a family in anywhere that can't do something I can give them the resources to do it. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's my motivation. I, I want to be able to, if there's a young mom who can't afford something or can't get this, I can either put a call in to make sure that that gets taken care of or I can give them the resources myself. Because the, 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 the truth of the matter is is that the whole world is just arguing over distribution of resources. That's and everybody doesn't have the same access to get those resources as other people. That don't mean that they're less deserving, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but they don't have access to it. Mm -hmm. There has or to be... Or there's hardships that people like, there can't There are hardships, avoid. right. But there has to be a balance. Someone who sits in the middle who doesn't have anything else to gain from it mm -hmm. but to say, you know what, this just kind of isn't fair. Mm -hmm. Like, can we just... You know, and, and in the world today, everything is political. Mm -hmm. Well, if, if we give it to this person and we have to give it to that person and if we get... And it's like, yo, no, no, fuck that. Mm -hmm. This person in this moment right here may need this. Okay, mm -hmm. their hospital bill may be $100,000, right? The hospital can't cover it because if they cover this person, they have to cover the next person. If they cover this, fine. I'll cover that person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's always been my motivation. I want to be able to help the underdog. And I know you can only do that with, with capital, with influence. And I want to be able to be so influential that I can help people. Awesome. That's my motivation. Like that's that's just what it is. Look at you. So I love that your your reason for excellence or your desire for excellence is rooting and being what God loves is a cheerful giver because that's yeah. why I think he he always continues to bless you in abundance for that reason. That's the um, only reason why he blesses us. Yes, us. Because exactly. you know, so I need it, help doing this right. and a lot of this comes from you. Right. But if you and think I about it, feel the the, the same the way urge to want yeah you, everything we're never, in agreement on yeah you've yeah. never once said i don't think we should give or do this you've opened up our house to so many children and so many people from our neighborhood when i was doing prototype mm -hmm. you've always been a cheerful giver as well mm -hmm. but i do believe that you have a fiduciary responsibility to give when you've received so much Absolutely. i feel like god only gives in abundance to people knowing that those people's responsibility is to give to other people. Give to others, yep. Some people and take advantage of that, yeah. you know, because yeah. everybody is not in the same way. Mm -hmm. That's why 99% of the world's wealth is controlled by 1% of the population. Mm -hmm. Something has to give, right. you know, and, and it, it's not always going to give. But if I could be the one person that 
you know, does different. I mean, Bill Gates is known for his philanthropy. Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson is known for his philanthropy. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many, like, super wealthy people who you'd be like, he gave away half of his fortune, $500 million to organizations. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because what is this man going to do with with $500 million? (laughs) Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Right. Ain't enough material stuff in the world for that. But what, what, what drives you, though? I think that you what, asked me? Yeah, I think in part what uh, fuels that, in addition to wanting to always give and wanting to help, because that's always been in my nature. Um, a lot of it is a pride thing, and it's mm-hmm. a pride for um, not even just for me, but just for my family. I think about where my mother and father have come from. Um, mm-hmm. I hear stories of, you know, the hardships they've had to endure yeah. coming to America um, when they did from Jamaica and St. Vincent's respectively. And I think about the sacrifices that they've made. And I think about, you know, my mom talking about being locked out of her apartment and sleeping on the floor in the hallway of the apartment building that she mm-hmm. lived in for some nights because that was just the card she was dealt um, all while she was trying to work at Burger King and put herself through school. And right. there's so many things that my um, my parents have done for me, my family, um, that I feel like it's my responsibility to be excellent for them to show them that everything that they've done is not in vain um and to be able to then pay it forward to them too not just to the general public but to my family to make sure that they're always going to be okay um that's a big big thing for me especially being the oldest in my family as well and then now being excellent as a mom and Mm -hmm. wanting my children to not just hear me talk about being excellent but being an example of excellence for them to say Mm -hmm. wow my mom actually did that um, and that's something you kind of checked me on one day, too. You're like, you can't just talk about doing things and expect yeah. for the kids to just fall in line. You have to actually be that source of excellence Absolutely. for them to see and to emulate. Um, because I kind of fall into some of my own bad habits sometimes that mm-hmm. we see in some of our children. Yeah. And you're like, such and such is just like that because you do that and you can't tell him you want to correct yeah. it. And my answer is always like, well, I don't want him to do the stuff that I do. I want right, him to be right, better. Right, 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 right. But how is he going to know to be better if you can't show him you overcoming that Absolutely. bad habit that you have? Absolutely. So um, that's going to be one of my major focuses um, now that I feel like I can get my life back in order, think straight. I have my mm-hmm. four boys. I'm not going to be pregnant again. I'm going to be in my sound and right mind to just kind of move forward in life to be the most excellent version of Kadeen that I can be. Um, to make you proud, um, to make my family proud and my kids. And that's all we can ask for. Yeah. You've been doing a great job, though. Baby. Thank you, baby. You too. You too. Except for that left eyelash. That left eyelash ain't excellent right you now. You see, you keep getting on my eyelash, <laughs> You know, it's the struggle because when you're tired and you look half cockeyed trying to put on an eyelash, listen, oh, guys. You should let me help you struggle. if you're excellent. Next time, I'm going to help you. Let you help me to be excellent in my eyelash <laughs> application. <laughs> so let's take a quick break, y'all. We're going to get into some listen letters after we get into the ad. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately... You can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. 
It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, near, the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay, it works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right, y'all, we back with Listener Letters. Of course, as you guys know, this is season seven. Whose favorite part of the show is this? Mine. Nosy Deeney. Mine. <laughs> Nosy well, Deeney. In that case, I'm going to read the first one. Good. Uh, hey, y'all, first off, I love you guys. Thank you. Love you back. So, boom. I've been dealing with an old head for four years. Person's from New York. He's The an person said, head. okay, so boom. So and then boom. said, I've been dealing with an old head. Love it. An old head for four years now. I'm 27 and he's 45. Okay. Sheesh. And bridging the generational gap has been a struggle. Now, I will state that he's an amazing guy and definitely checks off a lot of my boxes that mm. I would want in a husband. But he's old. And sometimes 45 is not that old. But I guess in relation to 27, it is. 18 years. Listen, I'm close to 40 something. So I'm trying to hold I'm on, 25. child. I'm trying to hold on. Um, but he's old and sometimes he can be really stuck in his ways. I try to introduce new things in our relationship like bondage, sex clubs, etc. Oh, she trying to get it in. <laughs> Spicy. What's your name? (laughs) (laughs) And he usually shuts me down by saying that's weird millennial shit. (laughs) I like that weird millennial shit. But anywho. You were trying to go to those sex clubs. You damn liar. Not a sex club. I don't know about all that. Or bondage. You ain't trying to have nobody tie you up. Deval. (laughs) Let me out. Deval. (laughs) Deval. 
if I ever try to tie this woman the up. The idea of it she, would be cute. Just don't try to tickle me. Don't try to tie <laughs> me up and tickle me. Then we gonna have we gonna fight. <laughs> I'm into a couple of different kinks and he just can't seem to wrap his head around them. I'm tired of the compromise being so one-sided. It's like all the years past, he wants me to just be this vanilla ass girl <laughs> taking care of his kids. And that's not me. When we first met, he would try a couple small things, but that has dwindled down. Any suggestions on how I can get him to become more open-minded? Thank you for your time and trying to help a sister out. <laughs> She's a super freak. Super freak. She's super, super freaky. Freak. Yeah. <laughs> um, <sighs> look, man. Kay and I was just talking about this, man. When niggas get to be 45, man, they stuck. Niggas say, you, try to, you can't teach an old dog. One. You can't teach an old dog. They're stuck tricks. in more ways than one. And it could be it, it can be a positive in that someone who's in their forty like someone in that forty range, mm-hmm. if you're dating and you're looking for someone in that forty range, it's kind of like good because it's like I know what I want, you know what you want, either mm-hmm. we're gonna get together or we're not, and it kind of eliminates a lot of that game. Yeah, I get chasing, it. Chasing, playing, trying to figure it. things out. Period. I get it. But with this gap that y'all have right now. Bruh. It's gonna be a little hard, Bruh. and you're Bruh. not gonna be satisfied if you're having to always suppress Bruh. those desires that you have for like the same old, same old. Bruh, she did what most people do. He checks the boxes, and he checks the boxes, and that's when you go through life trying to check check, check boxes, boxes yep. as opposed to doing what makes you happy. You're gonna end up being miserable. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Yep. All of these we boxes, boxes that he supposedly checked were boxes created. As you were conditioned to believe that these were the things you want. Mm-hmm. Clearly, those ain't the things you want if you mm-hmm. focused on this. Mm-hmm. So, listen. And no one's checking all those boxes anyway. If they are said boxes, people aren't checking all of them. There's always going to be something that I feel like. Is I don't check all your boxes. That suffers. I mean, you check pretty much all of my boxes. What do you mean, pretty much? What box pretty I don't check? All the, no, you do. You do. What box I don't check? I'll have to think about that one. I mean, like, no, I want to put you on the spot. Dead ass. Sometimes what, the what boxes spot, shift, What box I'm ta- I don't check? I'm talking about shifting in that, like, the day-to-day. Sometimes you may want something in that moment that you didn't know you wanted before. It's not like the, the boxes that are the be-all that ends all. You check those boxes. Like, you're that handsome. Sounds, that sounds like a deflection cute. to me. You're that handsome. Sounds like a deflection you're a provider. Me. You're funny. Like, those are the boxes that check. But sometimes there's things on a day-to-day basis that maybe in that moment you don't do. Like? I don't know. Like, you don't leave me alone. <laughs> look, Val. Look, look how she's trying to deflect. <laughs> I didn't call into the listener letter. Shit, she did. I know you didn't. I'm just saying, for me, I don't feel like I settled. Mm-hmm. No, I don't I feel think I like, settled either. I feel like you no. check you check all of my boxes. Mm-hmm. I feel like you check but all of my boxes. But I don't think that there's some people who have that, where someone's going to check all of their boxes all the time. That's the We're problem. We're an anomaly. That's, but the, no, 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 no. I think we're, we're an anomaly. In that I don't we think so. Feel like we check each other's boxes. I don't. Off. I don't think so. I think this is this is what I think. This seriously, this is what I think. Even even when it comes to just marriage in general, right? Mm-hmm. The vast majority or the vast narrative of of America right now is that black men don't what support protect black women, right? Mm-hmm. That's what everything's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Me, we don't love black women. We don't want black women, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, over eighty percent of black men who are married are married to who? Black women, right? Which means, once again, the loud minority is winning. Mm. You see what I'm saying? The loud yeah. minority is winning. That's not that's not the truth. It's just not real. Same thing goes for marriage. There are a lot of people who are married who found the person that checks all of their boxes. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is when you're going through that box checking process, there are some ups and downs and some things that you have to figure out while checking the boxes just like us. 
If you would have listened to everybody else and if I would have listened to everybody else, I would have missed out on the person that checked all my boxes mm -hmm. because I was listening to other people trying to check boxes for me. Mm -hmm. And the and, and reason why I'm, I'm saying that is because there are, there are people out there who can find someone who checks all of their boxes if, like we talked about earlier, they fall in love with the process mm. of finding out how these boxes are supposed to be checked. You see what I'm saying? I see that. But do you not think that... While those boxes may be checked in the moment, as things change, as things shift, that there may be a box that you're just like, uh, maybe they don't fit in that box anymore. So now we have to kind of shift and find another box. I don't think that. I'm gonna tell you why. Hmm. You and I are you my best friend. Yeah. Right. Right. Agreed. My boxes may change, but we talked about being of service to each other, right? Mm -hmm. When I say to you, babe, I I need this. What is your first th thought process? Well, I'm gonna have to find a way to get that. And that's, that's mine for you, right? So that's if, true. and that's my thing. When there's a box that you say that you want checked off, mm -hmm. if it's within my power, I'm going to work my ass off. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's like box. you can't say tomorrow, like, nigga, I don't want a nigga that's six eight. <laughs> I'm never going to be six eight. <laughs> right. But you see what I'm saying? Right. So but, that can but, never be the that argument. That can never be the argument. But what I'm saying I can is, see is that. things that are, yeah. When you're of service to someone, or you go into a relationship looking to be of service, mm -hmm. you see what boxes they need checked off and you figure out. That that's what I want to, I want to check this person's boxes. Like mm -hmm. that, that to me is what marriage and relationships are about. I see the person's boxes. I'm checking the motherfuckers myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not even waiting for her to check off the boxes for me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And you do, you've been doing the same thing for me. Now, first five years of marriage, we didn't give a shit about each other's boxes. I was focused <laughs> on my own boxes. That's the fact. So you were too. Yeah, I was checking my boxes over here. Like, all right, I don't know what boxes he got, but. And that's my point. Right. You, it was very be, unsuccessful in that. You see what I'm trying saying? Trying to coexist with you, yes. Thank you. Yes. And and this leads me back to my message to her. Sis, you says he checks off as many boxes as he can, right? Those are boxes you probably checked. Mm -hmm. If he's not willing to meet you and checking the rest of the boxes, maybe that's not the person you should spend the rest of your life with because that person is not willing to be of service to you. Mm hmm That's my, that's my message. Right. Yeah, because he's not open. He doesn't seem to be open. He's yeah. not open to it, so... You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and if it bothers you that much, what you gonna do? Just suppress for the rest of your life? When you want to be tied up and slapped around and whatnot? You see what I'm saying? And and Girl. this goes back to even the, the in a sexual the manner, <laughs> like that, y'all. Yeah, you know, everybody want to be tied up and slapped. Don't take around. it out of context. But this even goes back to the monogamy episode, mm -hmm. right? If he wants her to be monogamous to him, mm -hmm. and she says she requires certain things, you chose this woman to be your your partner, right? So if she's saying she she wants this, you're not even going to try it. You're just going to shut it down. That's selfish as hell. Mm -hmm. Now, if she goes out and finds someone else that wants to do that, you're going to be mad. You're going to be mad. Yep. You could have been the person to do it, but Tight. you said no. Right. And that's what being of service to someone in a relationship is. If it's within the realm of your physical capabilities mm -hmm. to get it done. Sometimes if you, you got to step out that comfort zone. Yes. And do be of service to, to your partner. Like, that's all it is. Like, there's Pivot. no way around it. Pivot. No way around it. Point blank pivot. And if you don't, don't be in a relationship. There's nothing Boom. wrong with that. Check it. No, no, no. <laughs> Number two. Number two. Hi. My name is Marjorie Moment. She she gave That's us a whole alias. Name. It's yeah. not like an alias, sis. Marjorie Moment. Alias. Major Moment. That's really what her name is. Mm -hmm. Hi, my name is Marjorie Moment. 31-year-old mother of three from Philly. What up, Philly? Mm -hmm. First, I want to start by saying you both are amazing. You are amazing, Marjorie. I admire your union and transparency. Y'all are motiva motivating and funny AF. 
Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Keep blazing. That's what we do. Got just blaze on my triceps. 2021, I spent a lot of time manifesting my business ideas. With the new year approaching, I began producing some business goals, needs, etc. To help with the creating with creating a plan to jumpstart. However, I feel stuck. I am experiencing a bit of fear and anxiety, which stems from me feeling like there is no room for failure. I don't have the courage nor funds to fail. I'm struggling to be patient with myself as it gets discouraging at times. The vision is clear, but grasping it doesn't seem feasible. What advice do you have with managing your current lifestyle while pursuing the lifestyle you desire? How do you overcome your fear and just get started? Mm. You just said it. You just it. You, get started. Yes, girl. You just said it's all there, Marjorie. You, you pretty much talked yourself into answering your question. <laughs> Yo, Marjorie, listen to, listen to me right now. I had a plan for my family. I had a plan for my family from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. It got to a point when I retired from football. I had no clue how I was going to get to where I wanted to get to. Right? So I was like, you know, I need to start a business to give myself more capital, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. more capital so I can take chances because I knew everything wasn't going to go right to build, build something that my family can be proud of. First thing I did was sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I had an orange, red orange, Audi A6. Got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Kadena and I used to like to go on vacation. Had the <laughs> metro card. Got the metro card. Yep. Kadena and I used to go on vacations for four years in a row. We didn't go on no vacations. Mm-mm. There was no jewelry. Mm-mm. There was no bags. There was no expensive cars. I mean, expensive sneakers, no expensive clothes. We sacrificed so that we can live the way we want to live. That's all it takes. Yep. Having a dream, the mental fortitude to see it through, have a plan to know that there's going to be ups and downs, and also the patience to know that it's not going to happen overnight. Yep. We started this dream in 2010. Yeah. 2010, when I, offic- when I officially retired from yeah, the NFL. 2010. And we did not receive financial security till about 2014. Yeah, I would say security where we feel like, okay, yes, we're doing things are okay. We're good. And then now finally feeling like we have that autonomy over our life that yes. we've always wanted um, yeah. and still continuing to grow to create and build this legacy for our boys um, so that is extended past our generation. Um, right. It's still something that we're working on. 2014 so. is when my 30th birthday, that's when I brought my black Audi A7. Mm-hmm. So it was at that moment that I finally said, ha ha, I can do something I for myself. Something for so myself. it was four years yeah. from my official retirement. Yep. That I did that. Yep. Four years, Marjorie, yep. that Kadeen and I invested. And this, this was crazy because we were just talking about this the other day, right? I finally reached a point in my life where I can look at my wife and say, baby, I got it. Yes. If you don't want to wake up for the next six months and you want to chill and go on vacation, do that. I got it. Mm-hmm. But for 20 years, she and I have been together building this. Building. And yeah, it, 20 years, 20 babe. years from 18. Sheesh. From 18, we've been building to get to this point. Yes. And, and that's what people don't see. They they feel like, oh, it's going to happen in a year or two. Mm-hmm. You know, if it don't happen in 18 months, if six right. months, nothing turns around, I'm going to stop. 18 years, Kadena and I have been talking about this and, and building the bricks. Chipping away. Just chipping chipping, up, chipping away. away. Yep. And finally, we, we got to this point now in 2019 mm-hmm. where we were able to move mm-hmm. to L.A. Mm-hmm. and kind of say, let's go to the next level. Right. Right. Um, and I think that sparked it for us. It was taking that chance again, now getting outside of that comfort zone that we were in making ourselves a little bit more uncomfortable. Now this time, not just with us, but with kids in tow, yep. that 
definitely added a layer of anxiety for me because I was like, oh my God, what is this going to look like us having this new environment? But it required us getting uncomfortable in that situation to then propel us to the mm -hmm. next level. And also so, understanding that um, you're not going to be comfortable mm -mm. and it's okay. Oh no. It's okay during this process to feel unsure. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But also have the mental fortitude to keep going even when you feel unsure. Absolutely. Because I don't want people to feel like, you know, DeVal was so confident. He knew exactly 100% that he was going to do and nah, kept going. son. There was mad days we did not Oh, my gosh. We were just like, what the hell is going on? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Trying to, like, reassess, like, is this really my yes. purpose? Is this really what I'm supposed yes. to be doing? Because it shouldn't be this hard. Or it shouldn't take this long. Um, but you said it keep blazing to us. We're gonna tell you, girl, flip it, keep blazing. Keep blazing. Keep it blazing. <laughs> and if you'd like to be featured as one of our listener letters, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail dot com. That's D E A D A S S A D V I C E at gmail dot com. There you are. Moment of truth time. Did you jot one down? Today? You wanna go first? No, you go first. I'll go first. Check this out. It's gonna be super profound. <laughs> All right. Black excellence doesn't have a black face ooh bars you see that black bars. excellence no doesn't face, have a black no face, face which means you don't have to look a certain way act a certain way talk a certain way be a certain type of person to be considered black excellence all you have to do is exist in excellence in whatever it is that your life means to you and just happen to be black in yes. the process yes. <laughs> yes i love that good stuff um i think mine goes back to thinking about the kids just because my mind is always on the kids when i wear my raising boys shirt here mm -hmm. um is that i want to encourage all parents to mm -hmm. really pay attention to and consciously parent so that you are aware of where your children's strengths lie mm -hmm. their weaknesses lie their mm -hmm. interests lie so that way you can then better be a conduit for them to get to that next level of whatever it is. Um, I think far too many times, sometimes parents are kind of um, living vicariously to children. Ooh, they're yeah. implementing their own ways um, on their children. And I think at the most, what we should be doing is encouraging a sense of work ethic, a sense of discipline at the very least. So whatever it is that they decide to do, they'll be excellent at that. Yes, ma'am. All right. That was fire. You still remember the handshake. I love you. I'm never going to forget that. And the, and the handshake you. is excellence. That's a fact. That's, yes. It's yes, excellence. Yes. Just excellence. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so be sure to follow us on social media, y'all. Dead Ass the Podcast on Instagram. And I'm Kadeed I am. And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Dead Ass, y'all. Yeah. Peace. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. 
O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now.